Hey, parents. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Can't complain. Can, uh, can you hear me good? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Can you see me and can you hear me? Yep, perfect. Okay, good. Good, good, good. So, first of all, um, you know, thank you for doing this. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I created this platform, you know, for people to come on um, and vent, but also... Mm-hmm to have conversation, positive dialogue, um, you know, things like that, and to educate, to strategize, um, and to just hopefully, you know, bless other people. Um, so I, I definitely just wanted to just say thank you, um, and I really appreciate you doing this. Um, you are a friend. Uh, you are a great friend to me. I appreciate it. You inspire mm-hmm. others. You are a minister, an uh, inspirational speaker, a published author, a director, um, I mean, am I missing anything else? Um, no, I think that's, I'm a mother. Mm-hmm. That's also important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for this opportunity. Um, you know, all I want to do is just have a great conversation with you. You know, we, mm-hmm. we talk all the time. And all so time. I think, you know, all the time. <laughs> and um, I think yeah. this is this is great. I love what you're doing. Um, I've been watching um, some of your videos, and I think this is really important to give people mm-hmm. the opportunity to hear from other people about what they're going yep. what they're going through. So, um, thank you so much for this opportunity. Appreciate it. Yeah, no you. problem. For um, time, you know, they, they hear me speak, they hear me ramble, and my thoughts a lot. And uh, so, for mm-hmm. I said, you know what, I want to give other people. Um, an opportunity to to share, you know, um, their stories um, and to share, you know, their inspiration and to educate others as well. Um, And maybe somebody will get something out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, uh, let's just get to it. So uh, you made a video, um, you know, a couple months ago, um, and unfortunately you contracted uh, COVID-19. Yeah. Um, And I know that that was something that, Number one, um, scary, um, because it's the unknown, right? And um, you don't know what's next. You don't know what to do. Um, and at the time, there wasn't a lot of testing. You had to go through a lot of hoops, right? Right. Uh, to testing, you know. So kind of just run me through just what were your thoughts and um, what was the process like for you at that time? Okay, so um, I contracted COVID-19 sometime, I feel like, in the end of February, the um, beginning of March. And um, one thing I definitely did on the videos, I just felt um, prompted to share my story because at that time, COVID was so mysterious. People didn't know um, what the symptoms were. And at that time, there was like three major symptoms. And then other people Uh were disregarding the things that they were dealing with. So um, Mm -hmm. just me being an advocate for my health um, and Mm -hmm. um, really recognizing that there was something wrong and something different experience, I just really advocated to to get tested, to see my um, healthcare professional. And um, I got tested March 18th. Um, I've had mm-hmm. three COVID tests. The first um, test was in March. I had two in April. The second, um, second and third were negative. I've had uh, two chest x-rays. 
the first chest x-ray was was clear, but that was probably when I was developing bilateral pneumonia. I mean, I've had it all. And then um, I had the antibody test and I tested positive for the IgG um, antibodies. Mm -hmm. So I went through the gamut. I was really um, an advocate for um, getting tested and saying Mm -hmm. that I didn't have just the flu or um, just a cold like everyone was saying. And I think um, part of like what what my... um, purpose in life is to share my Mm -hmm. story and be transparent um, Mm -hmm. to help people with stigma for certain things. And at that time, there was a huge stigma around COVID. It was like, if you had it, or if you thought you had it, people were thinking like, it meant like you weren't clean, you weren't um, Mm -hmm. hygienic, you uh, weren't, if you were in a faith community, you weren't faithful to God. And that's why you were sick. It was like crazy. So I felt like, Mm I need to dispel the myths and say like, this is what I experienced. These were my, these were my symptoms. Um, Don't feel that you shouldn't um, get tested. Don't um, advocate to get tested and um, take it from there and make sure that you quarantine self isolate because Mm -hmm. you know um, it was, it it was highly, it still is highly contagious. I think it's like four times um, being um, contagious as the flu. So yeah. it was very important for you to recognize what the symptoms were, that it was COVID and that you um, quarantined. So mm-hmm. um, I did a long video. Everyone told me how long that video was. <laughs> <laughs> but and I gave a timeline because I think at the time, um, I just found out that I tested positive and right. it was, I was waiting for like 17 days for the results. And at that time, I was like, I know this is not something that um, is like a normal flu or cold. I know it's something different. And I just wanted to make sure that other people, if they did experience what I was experiencing or um, didn't experience what the CDC and like the government was saying were the three major um, symptoms, that it really could be COVID and you can be treated. And then later on, as you know, um, my the illness progressed. Um, I, I, and a lot of people were passing away because of it, because of either, um, ignoring the symptoms and, or, um, being afraid to go to the, to the hospital, um, that having COVID didn't mean that you were, that was a death sentence. Like Mm -hmm. that's really what I was saying. Like, I didn't want anyone to feel that it was a death sentence that you can recover from it. Um, I recovered I'm what considered is called like a long haul hauler. Um, I had mm-hmm. symptoms from 70 to 80 days and recovering. And I still like mm-hmm. when I go outside and I go to the grocery store, if I go um, just like um, I went to hang out with some girlfriends, when I come back, I feel like weak. Um, right. And it, it, it was crazy. Like there's still like residual effects of it. Um mm-hmm. I had deficiency in um, anemia, um, fatigue, mm-hmm. like yeah. very anxious. And a lot of people who have had um, COVID, there's, there's a Facebook group called Survivors Corps. Mm-hmm. They talk mm-hmm. about like, we list, list thousands of people on there, like list all of these random weird symptoms. And a lot of people are having that. And so this, this you know, this disease, this virus is so new that, I'm just like, you know, um, let me just tell you, this is what I had. These are all the things that I had. And yeah. don't be afraid if you have it. You can get, you can treat, you know, you can treat it. Um, there's no cure, obviously, but I treated right. it with, you know, a lot of holistic 
um, remedies, um, mm-hmm. obviously the medicine prescriptions that were prescribed to me for the pneumonia and the, you know, antibiotics. So I just really wanted just to share um, what I was experiencing because there was so much confusion, shame, a stigma, a fear, and mm-hmm. what way, what perfect person to do it than somebody who's gone through it. And um, mm-hmm. I just felt like, just do it. Let me just talk to people and let them know. And the first video that I did, a lot of people DM'd me um, and they were like, I've had those ex- that those symptoms. I felt this way and right. I can't get tested anymore. Oh, I don't think it is. And then I would say, just go get tested or try to get tested or advocate to get mm-hmm. tested and then come back to me and be like, I did and I'm positive. And it's like, you right. know, knowledge is power. You gotta, you know, you mm-hmm. gotta take care of yourself. So and that I- was my experience. And, and, you and know, I was going to say, I was going to say that I'm so glad that you did that video because, you know, you kind of did it kind of like, you know, as you said, like in the beginning where things were very new and, and new information. So when it comes to symptoms, you were pointing out like you have, you having different symptoms. And then it's funny, you know, a couple of weeks or three weeks later, then it, and then he said, Oh, now we have all these brand new symptoms that we didn't know. But for the people who, who watched your video and, you know, you probably helped save their life because now they got ahead of the curve. So, um, it was really good that you absolutely, that you really did that video. Um, so, so thank you. Um, and for me, you know me, but for the people, people who don't know me personally, no, I am a germaphobe to the thousandth power. It, it messes, yes. it messes with my mental health. Um, but, you know, um, so how did that, like COVID-19 kind of affect your mental health and how did you in turn combat that, um, to maintain uh, you know, like your mental health. So um, if anyone has like read any posts that I've made or videos in the past, um, I've always shared my experience with mental health um, illness, mm-hmm. um, having depression and anxiety and actually being diagnosed with it and um, managing that through life, um, through uh, therapy, through making sure that I have a great support system, um, mm-hmm. friends, um, meditation, prayer, um, my, my mm-hmm. faith in God has also been something that's really helped me. Um, right. When I became sick and that self-isolating mandate or self-quarantine, um, mm-hmm. I was in a really dark place because I just felt terrible. Like physiologically, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. so sick. I've never felt this as sick as I've ever felt before. Um, mm-hmm. And for days on end, like I didn't get up and it was really terrible. And mm-hmm. Um, I shared also in the video that I know that it was the prayers of my friends, the prayers of my church family that helped me through because I was so um, overwhelmed by this virus that I couldn't even pray, that I couldn't even, I felt depressed. I felt anxious because I didn't know it was the unknown. It was the, Mm -hmm. I know, but I don't, you know, that type of thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, Having the support system, um, having you reach out to me, I remember a couple of times you were like, you know, text me or call me and I wouldn't answer because I was like sleeping yeah. or like sending me mm-hmm. like video, um, videos that would like make me laugh. That helped. Um, the mm-hmm. check-ins, um, that's what brought me through. Um, mm-hmm. As I got better, um, I was speaking to the, my therapist, um, doing mm-hmm. tele- uh, telephonic therapy, and that right. also was good. To have that um, 
to have that like that lifeline. Um, So that's how I was able to manage that because um, just on top of the things that I was already dealing with, that was something that like exacerbated it. Right. Um, But then, you know, as I said earlier, that COVID actually, they are finding neurological and psychological symptoms that people are having after recovering from COVID. Like that's another thing that they're finding. Um, Mm. I've answered a couple surveys. I've been interviewed and other people and I've shared my symptoms and experiences and like the um, interviewees have said, oh yeah, Um, other people are saying this too. So like the anxiety is like, is a symptom that happens. um, Mm -hmm. So um, really, that's how I really manage my mental health by um, being proactive, by Mm -hmm. recognizing that if I wasn't feeling right and doing something about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, some from time to time, I would just like, you know, I would let it rock. (laughs) You know, I'd just be like, it'll pass um, because it's just like, this doesn't make any sense. But Mm -hmm. I, you know, learned over the years that the longer I let that type of thing linger the worse off it is and then i kind of get mad at myself because i feel like i've wasted a couple of hours or a couple of days in that situation you know feeling um anxious or depressed so um really that's really what i would say is make sure that you get the help you know make sure you get Mm -hmm. the help um and recognize when you don't feel okay Mm -hmm. um i actually just um posted um, Vine Publishing. I'm a Vine author. I'm working yep. on a book. Shameless plug. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, plug I, away, please. Plug away. Plug away. Um, That's what I, we're here for. I, okay, okay. So I, I wrote a blog post through Vine Publishing um, called Go Heal Thyself because that's kind of, mm-hmm. that's my mantra of go mm-hmm. heal thyself, meaning that my belief, God has given me everything that I need, right? So he's going to mm-hmm. give me the resources and the tools and people to help me get better, to help me be the best self that I can be, because that's what God has designed me to be, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I wrote a blog post about, you know, three steps to mental health and wellness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, first is recognize when you know that you're not okay. Right. And don't be ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you recognize and realize and think about what you're thinking about because mm-hmm. wherever your mind goes, everything else will follow. And, mm-hmm. um, like I said before, the support system, like I, it definitely, you, you're one of my great friends. You're one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. I know that when I have that support from you or just talking through some things, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. And so a lot yeah. of people, especially during this time, you know, we're isolated. We're like mandated to be isolated, but we can't isolate ourselves from our support systems and our family. Mm. That's that's that that's very powerful. And I, I think that it's good what you're doing because there's always a stigma when it comes to especially in, in, in the black community, um, around therapy and about getting help. And you know, being a you know, fellow Christian and things like that, a, a lot of times it's we just go to church and pray it away and that's it. You know, and that's all, you know, but I'm glad that you're breaking the stigma because it's yes, that is a part of it, you know, to pray, you know, and and do those things. But also there's work to do um, with yourself, you know, so, you know, they say faith without works is dead. Right. So it's like you, you can pray about it and pray, but if you don't actually do the work to help yourself, Nothing's going to happen and things are going to remain the same. So I'm glad that you're breaking 
or you know, a, a part of the movement of, of really breaking that um that stigma that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. <laughs> and especially with um, you know, with me being a man you know, it's like I'm trying to do what I can to break that stigma of of, you know, men seeking help, men men journaling, um, men working on self improvement, men on expressing uh expression, uh vulnerability, communicating, like those are things that I'm trying to help break down those barriers because these are the things that can help uh, heal our community. Um, absolutely. So, so I just want to say, you know, you know, th thank you for doing what you're doing because it's absolutely needed um, that we break these stigmas um, so we could build the future generations. Um, so, so with that said, now we, we you, you're going through COVID. You went through COVID. You, you were sick, then you got better, um, and then we went right into that into boom Ahmaud Arbery um and, and George Floyd you know and and all those and all these things and and you raising a very intelligent um young man um black boy you know uh, I know he's not a boy anymore so you know he's a teenager he's a, a young man um yes and so when you see these things you know like how has that affected you and and, and what kind of conversations have you been having um with your son uh, okay, so my son is 15, and yes. um, he's amazing. He's very smart, yes. um, very, very um, yeah, he's very, like, intuitive. And mm -hmm. um, being a black boy, um, where I live, I live in Long Island, North Shore, mm -hmm. Long Island. Um, mm -hmm. um, the demographics are pretty much 87% Caucasian, 2% mm -hmm. African American. So you know that's wow. what we're dealing with. And this is, mm -hmm. um, this is a town that I grew up in, so I mm -hmm. I know what that's like. But as a as a woman, as a female, you know, my mm -hmm. experience is definitely different for um, than his experience has been, and um, it's been a challenge. Um, I also mm -hmm. have a daughter; she's twenty four, um, and she's mm -hmm. at Spelman College. So she grew up in this uh, town, in this school system, and then she went to a historically black college to kind of like reprogram <laughs> herself. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, and I think, and that's what I'm looking for him to have as well, because I think that's so important. Um, mm -hmm. In 2012, I think around when Trayvon Martin was killed, um, Anthony was seven and he was, and I, and I was thinking about this um, when you asked me to talk about that experience about raising a black boy. Um, mm -hmm. Anthony was about seven years old and he was, I had him involved in everything like mm -hmm. no matter what like you know as a single black mother even though like economically I'm considered um, um, upper middle class my experience mm -hmm. social socialization in this mm -hmm. town is like very different than other people right so right. I wanted to make sure that he had all of the opportunities um, that were afforded to him and I had him mm -hmm. in baseball he was in karate he actually is a black belt now um, he was in uh, many different program and I in I enrolled him to Cub Scouts and he was in the mm -hmm. moving up ceremony and this was with like his school is very pretty much diverse one of the diverse yeah. uh, elementary was um, elementary schools in the town but this right. uh, Cub Scouts was all the four, like four or five elementary schools and mm -hmm. he went to the moving up ceremony and they were playing and his father took him to um the ceremony and like it was like an after play um situation and 
he was walking up to these different groups of boys and they were shunning him. They were ignoring him, um, rolled their eyes at him, cursed at him. Mm. Mm. And, and it was because he was black. No mm. doubt about it. I'm, there's nothing else. There's nothing else like that I could say. And that was something that was so heartbreaking to me. And I remember at that time I posted about it and I knew that that's something that hurt him. And so me yeah. and his father, we wanted to make sure that we had him to understand that he needs to leave situations where he doesn't feel wanted, that he's not mm. respected and that Powerful. he is, he is amazing. Black is beautiful, like mm -hmm. black strong and that he doesn't need to, um, succumb to that that racial uh the, the racism pretty much you know right. the racism right. and um from then on i was very mindful of mm -hmm. how he was moving and interacting with other um children because like i said like my experience was a little different as a as a girl i mean i still mm -hmm. felt i still experienced the racism i did but i kind of right. brushed it off right right my daughter pretty much same thing but with him i just i don't know i, I you know i didn't know really how much how to 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 thwart that so what i did mm. was i started getting involved in black organizations so the first one mm. was like urban league long island in the mm -hmm. honor society and then um i got in, enrolled in um it's called sphinx uh, mentoring program and it's and leadership development institute through um phi alpha alpha or phi mm -hmm. alpha phi alpha fraternity Mm -hmm. And to get him ex um, exposed to other young black boys, also in, um, ex you know, have exposure to, you know, my church activities, mm -hmm. um, mentoring programs, programs there so that he around other black boys because he literally is one of two black boys in his uh, grade. Wow. One of three. One of three. So wow. I know that that's a big deal for him. And so I want to just continue to um, build him up to, to despite his circum despite his environment that he right. doesn't have to feel inferior that he's not inferior and that he can be proud of being a black boy and that he has so much potential so i mean it's all about just um him and his, um his father and i just like just encouraging him and making sure he has mm -hmm. those those outlets to be able to speak so with mm -hmm. you know with what happened with Ahmad Aubrey and George Floyd having right. those conversations with him and watching um the you know the news with him and just really trying to check in with him like to see where he was emotionally because i know right. that can be detrimental because it's like you see someone on the on tv who's being killed that looks just like mm -hmm. you what does that do yep. to your psyche right so i yeah, was just always trying to, yeah i was always just trying to just mm -hmm. like you know Say, come downstairs. Well, you know, he's a teenager, so he lives in his room, yeah. and I really yeah. see him. But I, when he would come down, I said, come downstairs, and I would, you know, talk and just have little, di you know, dialogue here and there. Don't push too much, even though I want to. Um, just say, how does that make you feel? Um, and then I saw him really blossoming, him really expressing his feelings about everything mm -hmm. that was going on. And um, they actually had a, a protest in my town. He went. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. with uh, me and his father and his cousin and his aunt. And then he actually posted something. Um, I can't remember what it was, but it was something about social justice and racial um, um, and police brutality. And I thought that was really right. brave of him to do that. Wow. So I want him to have his own voice and to let him know mm -hmm. that he can 
um, feel free mm -hmm. to to express himself and that I'm here, his father's here, his grandfather is here, just to be able to support him because I know it can be a challenge. I mean, I can only imagine mm -hmm. that it can be a challenge um, to see all of this and then, you know, be isolated because of COVID and, mm -hmm. you know, to feel alone. So um, that's really what I can do is just really give him those um, places where he can, you know, uh, build on his leadership skills, build on building his voice. And how old was he when you um, sent him to those programs? Um, from the beginning. So like from wow. kindergarten, from pre-K, from, you know, um, trying to get him into, you know, sports and everything. He also played, like I had him and everything. Uh, he played mm -hmm. viola. I had, he took piano lessons, like all of those different things, those sports and then the mm -hmm. arts, just to make sure mm -hmm. that he had the opportunity to find out what he liked to do and what he could do. Um, wow. So wow. I think that's really important. Super well-rounded young man, um, and you know I, I've had the pleasure of being around him, um, and and he is super. You know he's absolutely amazing, and you've done an amazing job, um, you know, with your children. So that that we again salute you for that because um, that's needed. You know he's the, he's going to be the leader of the new school. You know um, he's he's next up, and with kids like him, the world is, is in a much better place. Um, so that's that's really awesome. So. Now, you know, with all that you're doing, so it's like we said, we managed through COVID, then we went through, you know, George Floyd. And all of this, you're, you're managing, you're being a parent, you you were sick while being a parent, obviously, right? And then you're dealing with all of the civil un unrest, right? So, and then you, you're working, you're a woman in leadership, you're a black woman in leadership, right? And sometimes when these things come, come on board, you know, as far as all of the the racism and the tension could be in the workplace and there's an obligation for you to be the spokesperson for black people in the office. Right. Um, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people and they've said that they've always, they felt more pressure than ever to be, I guess, the spokesperson for racism in general. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you're one of the only black people um, in leadership that could hold um, a lot of pressure, you know? So how have you dealt with that? Um, or, or have you even dealt um, so uh, let's start there. Has that been your okay. experience or no? No, actually, I was thinking about Good. that. Okay. Um, so uh, I have about 20 years, almost 20 years in nonprofit management experience. Mm -hmm. And um, where I've worked has been um, serving families, youth development, low-income families, uh, the Welfare mm -hmm. to Work program. Now mm -hmm. I work for Montefiore that um, provides we care services. That's a people who are in public assistance who have medical yep. and mental health conditions. So mm -hmm. I say that to say that most of the programs that I've worked with have pretty mm -hmm. much been either minority led leadership mm -hmm. or predominantly minorities. Um, right. So in the roles that I've had, I have been probably like one of like the majority, you know, part of the majority in leadership. So in right. the leadership team now, um, you know, there are, there are a few Cauca Caucasians as, as well, except for the, you know, the vice president and up mm -hmm. there for Montefiore. Right. But um, I really haven't had that experience about mm -hmm. being a spokesperson. Um, mm -hmm. However, we did have a conversation today about, you know, addressing social justice. Mm -hmm. Um 
and how important that is like as an organization or as a program to like right. to make a statement I'm also um, on the board of Child Care Council of Nassau, and we were mm-hmm. also having those type of conversations about making those statements to state, like, you know, this organization is, you know, um, fair social justice. We are, you know, we we hire according to, you know, no discrimination laws and only things like that. So right. I really haven't had that pressure to be the, the only one. Good. Um, Good. About that. But... Mm-hmm. Um, it has made, you know, with everything going on and, um, the, my church did an awesome virtual conference, um, Mm -hmm. on Friday for Juneteenth. And it really challenged me to really step up and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. I really need to have, I need to be present about, you know, social justice. I need to be present about the things that are affecting the community. I can't just go on status quo and just do my own thing. Um, I need to, I need to do something. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the only thing I can say that I've been challenged in everything that's happened in the past couple of months um, to really, yeah, to be present and to show up and, and to, um, I don't know, just to be aware and cognizant of like my voice. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. So, so you you contracted COVID. You have a young boy that, that you're raising, right? Um, you're working. You're a woman in leadership, and your mental health is being tested um, every single day, right? So, how has faith played a part, kind of, um, in your journey um, since March? I mean, it's been about what four months. It's kind of crazy that I'm even saying that March, April, May, June. I, I guess we're going into July uh, as the fourth month that we're all going through this together, but how has faith played played a role um, in you pulling through? Um, My faith, uh, I grew up in the church, but I didn't have a relationship Mm -hmm. with God. Um, Certain Mm -hmm. things happened in my life that turned me around and made me realize um, the presence of God in my life Mm -hmm. throughout times I didn't even recognize um, that God was present. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's been a journey. Like my, Mm -hmm. my life has, has had its ups and downs. And I know that my faith has been something that has held me together. It's been God who has held Mm -hmm. me together because there were times where I let go and Holy spirit was still like, Nope, I'm not letting you go. So uh, with COVID, yeah. Like um, just with the challenges, the mental health challenges and, realizing Mm -hmm. that, you know, I have a story to share because, you know, even before, you know, people are talking about mental health and wellness now and it's less stigma. There's still stigma. There's Mm -hmm. less stigma. But Mm -hmm. I was experiencing um, these feelings 20, 25 years ago when I was in college at NYU. Mm -hmm. And I knew at that time, and I know that's God, that I needed to get help to make sure that I process things, right? That I process Mm -hmm things that have happened and mm-hmm. that's where faith is because like you said faith without works is is, is dead right it's so dead. Right. i felt that it was important that i do the work and get the help um mm-hmm. and to help you know in order for me to be healthy in order for my family to be healthy i needed to be healthy so mm-hmm. when i've had these experiences and these challenges god has been by my side even though i was like ah you know um mm-hmm. and so with covid it was another situation where 
God was by my side. My faith helped me um, mm -hmm. because I was sharing with some people that COVID, like I had, I had, I had all of the symptoms, right? And mm -hmm. I said I was a long hauler and it was like 70, 80 days. And there was a point in time that, and I'm not being dramatic. And I was saying this to people and people didn't really recognize it that I thought that I was going to die. Yeah. And, yes. and I told you, I think I told you that, that I was like, I mm -hmm. told my daughter and probably shouldn't have, but she's the adult <laughs> mm -hmm. um, in the yeah. family here. And I was like, this is where my life insurance stuff is. This is, I don't know mm -hmm. what's going to happen. I'm not feeling like I'm feeling right. like I felt like COVID was trying to get me every time I felt I was getting better. Mm -hmm. Something else was getting worse. So it was, it was the prayers. I've really felt the prayers of my friends and church family that helped me mm -hmm. to start praying more and yeah. to, to touch God because I needed, I needed God's strength. Mm -hmm. In this time, because it was, I was so unsure. I was so like vulnerable. Um, I was in a place where I was just like, I, you know, I'm trying to get through this. I'm trying to beat this. And I know my, you know, the struggle of, you know, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Like that's mm -hmm. something that I hold on to. And um, that's how my faith brought me through. And I continue on with that. Um, in, in everything that I'm doing, you know, like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just transparent. Like I, I don't sugarcoat things. I don't pretend to be, you know, this super faith person, faithful person, because right. I know that it's a weakness that God has made me strong. So mm -hmm. um, good. that's what, and, yeah. Good. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you had those prayer warriors um, because if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the good book says, you know, oh, where there's two or three, together gathered you know i'm not i'm gonna leave the preaching to you but that i know that that's what the good book says right um so but but it's true but it's true and and, and it's where if you can't do it on your own right mm -hmm. then you have those prayer warriors to gather with you and to up to uplift you so so that you can so that they can give you a jump start so that now you can start praying you know what I'm saying? So I'm really glad that, that you had those prayer mm -hmm. warriors with you. Um, yeah, and I'm, definitely. And, definitely made a difference. And, I, I'm, and I'm so glad that you feel better. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's take time out to be thankful, you know, that you feel better right now. Um, I know that you still might be going through, through some after things, um, um, but just really just be grateful um, that you're still here. Um, and I know I was yeah. super annoying um, because Wait, I would you call say? you. What did you just say? The phone, the phone did something crazy. What did you just oh, say? Oh, sorry. No, I said, I know I, at the time, like when you were sick, I could have been super annoying because I would like call you like, like all the time, like, hey, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, um, but you know, like life is crazy and anything could, could really happen. Um, and I know for me personally, um, when I was sick, you know, two years ago, um, it affected my, my, my mental health in a, crazy way um and you know it made me think some of the same thoughts like all right well maybe this is it for for me you know because mm -hmm. i'm sick i can't i can't get over it i don't know what's mm -hmm. going to happen right um and you were like one of the first people that actually came came over and and prayed with me when i really couldn't pray for myself too so mm -hmm. to see now two years later 
you know, a lot right. of times you pay it forward. Now, you know what I'm saying? It, it, God blesses you tenfold. He, he, he brings it back to you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm just you happy. Start teaching <laughs> no, no, I'm going to leave it to you. I'm going to leave it to you. Um, that mm -hmm. That is your lane. That is your lane. That's um, not my lane. That's <laughs> that your is your lane. lane. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm just glad that, <laughs> yeah. that people that people were able to do for you what, what you did for, for me two years ago. And, mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's the thing. Like, when you do things for, for people, you, do, you don't know when you're going to need the same exact help. Yeah. It could That's be a true. year, it could be two years, or your kids might need the same type of help, right? right? Like, and somebody will be there and bless your children because you are a blessing to somebody else too. Um, so I think it's very important that we always got to just pay it forward in whatever way that may be, you know, whether it's prayer, um, whether it's through just different uh, philanthropy, um, whether it's giving money or whatever the case is, just helping people, uh, paying it forward because, you know, you never know when you need it um, as well. So, yeah. so I know that you are amongst a lot of di different things a published author, mm -hmm. a published author, and you have a book. Um, you said that that you're working on, um, and you have a, a movement. You know, it's called No Shame Here. Um, if if you want to just dive into a little bit about what that means, just just no just no shame here, and and. Just give it to us raw. Just what does that really mean? Okay. All right. So um, No Shame Here was is birthed or was birthed from my experiences with um, mm -hmm. shame of things that I've gone through. And mm -hmm. in um, my call to ministry, God told me that that's my ministry to help people overcome shame. Shame comes in different forms from different places. Mm -hmm. And right. um, I'm going to, what I've been writing about has been, uh, you know, with my life journey of the things that I've experienced. Um, I've mm -hmm. done research that says that, you know, when you have lost uh, one or both of your parents before the age of five, you're more susceptible of feelings of shame because mm -hmm. of the fact that you don't have that support system to be able to build you up. And um, mm -hmm. when I experienced, when um, I lost my parents when I was young, my mom when I was mm -hmm. five and my, my dad when I was 10, um, I didn't, and I was raised by my grandmother, I didn't really mm -hmm. have that support that I felt that I needed. And it, it, it uh, manifested in different ways. And so mm -hmm. the book that I'm writing is talking about how the, the origins of shame, where it comes from, it could come from either things that you have done that are shameful right. or things that have um, happened to you that you have no, um, you have no control over. And then mm -hmm. also the manifestations of shame could be either feeling what shame is ultimately is feeling that you're not worthy. Um, it's mm -hmm. either you feel that there's like two tapes that run. You're, you're not good enough or you're always thinking that people are saying, who does she think she is or who does he think they are? Um, and mm. so it can manifest either in the negative like way um, there it's both, you know, it's negative. Um, you could be feeling like you're unlovable. You don't belong. Right. Um, you're always on the, an outsider um, or you can do it, be um, overachiever. And um, right. I did those things too. Like I did the whole gamut of everything. I was an overachiever in elementary school, overachiever in high school. And then um, some situations happened and I became ashamed. 
and I still mm-hmm. continued on to do things just as business as usual. And right. I wasn't healing because I didn't address what was going on with me. So uh, mm-hmm. my book and the movement uh, about no shame here is, is helping people to realize, recognize what shame is, what it does, how it manifests, and how you can overcome that with uh, the word of God, with um, therapy, with both secular and, and sacred. So um, mm. I've been working on this book for yeah, good. a long time, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. um, but it's because it's things that I've gone through and I've, I've worked through, right. and um, I want to be able to help others through my journey and the, and the lessons that I've learned. So um, that's what No Shame Here is about, and um, I just, you know, I just continue just to where you know where i see or whenever i feel led i'll post something um and just to really encourage people uh, people have told me that like you know i've inspired them and i'm like i don't know what i did or said but i'm just sharing mm-hmm. what i've gone through and um mm-hmm. it's only by god's grace that i'm able to be here and do what i've done and accomplish what i've had because what i've accomplished because i've had a very rough start and mm-hmm. my my message could, is is no matter what your your rough start is, it's not where you start; it's how you finish, and mm-hmm. it's what you do along the journey to be healed and be whole. Mm, that is a word. Thank you for that. Um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to um, you know. So whenever you finish, I want a signed copy. I'm gonna buy it, but I just want you to sign it. Um, I'm serious. Um, so yes. I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as, as far as, you know, tips, so you are, you know, a leader, you know, in, in ministry, you're a leader on your job, you're a leader in the household. Um, so you are a leader in, in various spaces. So do you have any ad- advice just for people in general who are going through different trials and, and, and tribulations right now? Um, do you just have something maybe just of encouragement or resources for them to go to that may can help them, um, you know, try to push through those things? Mm. I would really, if I would say anything, it would really be find, get a support system. Mm-hmm. Um, really um, tap into um, your, and tap into God. Um, mm-hmm. your source. Um, make sure that you have a good a good relationship with God because that's what will hold you together. Mm-hmm. Um, and realize that you can't do it all, mm-hmm. and you may need help, mm-hmm. and that if you're not feeling well, if you're not doing well, that you need to make sure that you uh, get yourself together and you get those resources. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's it's up to the person. Like, how how bad do you want it? Like, how much do you want to be able to be um, like productive person in society, right? Mm-hmm. How, how how badly do you want to be a productive person in your family? You can't mm-hmm. do that if you're running on E, or if you're faking it, if you're not healthy, mm-hmm. if you're distraught, you're grieving, you're you know you're stressed out, you're depressed, you're mm-hmm. anxious. You you can't. 
and you gotta you have to do the work you gotta mm. you have to do the work like i say god has given us everything we need we mm. can we have so much now especially with all this technology like you right. can google anything you can get resources <laughs> for anything there are networking groups for leadership development mentoring programs for leadership development there's mental health groups there's chill groups like there's girlfriend groups like get mm -hmm. yourself um do what you need to do realize what it is that you're lacking and go after that and 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 make that happen because that will help you um you can't do it mm -hmm. alone and um every there's everything is out there now i mean whatever mm -hmm. you need you can just really you can just google it so yeah, yeah that's definitely. i mean that's what i say like if you you've got to realize what it is that's important to you and mm -hmm. um and I, you know, you have to realize what's important to you, what you need in order to be healthy and whole. And you just go after it and just look for it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And and also just you coming from a mother's perspective with, you know, raising a young black boy. Um, I think it's so important just what you're doing with him as far as allowing him and giving him the permission um, to express. You know, um, that's something that I was given at a, a very young age. And um, I was so glad um, that I was given that permission because so many young men are not given that permission. They're, they're told to be quiet. Uh, they're, they're, they're told that, you know, expressing is feminine. They're told that, you know, journaling is feminine. You know, they're always told to man up. And mm -hmm. it's very, it's very interesting because it's like, these things aren't feminine. Like these things mm -hmm. are tools that, are going to help you in life. And people say that, you know, women are smarter than men, mature faster. You know why? Because they were given the knowledge earlier. And now we're trying to give not and now we're trying to give the knowledge to men at 25, 30 years old, what women were, were given at the age of like and at three you're a sponge. So you're like so you're constantly learning, like you're taking everything. At twenty five, you're like, I'm stuck in my ways, dog. I, I know what's going on. And by right. then you already have about 20 years of trauma built, built up in you, right? That you haven't even expressed and that you haven't even a, a released. So that affects how you move in society. That affects how you react to, to things like even with interactions with police, interactions on, mm -hmm. on your job and interactions with somebody's daughter. Let's call it right. like it is, right? So if you walk mm -hmm. around with that much anger, a lot of people take it out on the person that's closest to them. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and then we have abuse, you know, and, yep. and things like that and, and violence. So it's, it's very important that we that we give our young men these tools much earlier than what we've been giving them to them, you know, in past generations. So I just want to say, you know, I, I definitely salute you for that. And hopefully, um, you know, that we can continue to break down these cycles and, and, and generations of dysfunction. Um and false teachings, you know, um, I love the old school. Um, I'm a product of it. But sometimes I feel like a lot of their teachings were very toxic and mm -hmm. were very broken. And I like, feel like, you know, we are living in, especially for men, like we are living in an Amazon society with a Toys R Us mindset. Mm -hmm. And where's Toys R Us now? They're out of business. Yeah, wow. Because, because we're not adapting. Like we're carrying tools from our, our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our parents that grew up in generations that, that's not relevant to today, right? And 
it's just, there's no more of just, okay, well, I'm the husband. I'm coming home. I'm putting the money on the table and I'm bringing money home to my wife and that's it. And I'm just going to go sit, get my food and call it a day. Right? Like, these, like this is a different time. Women are making a lot of money. Yep. You know, women are under a lot of just different pressures in, in society. Right? And it's like, we need to be able to step up and be more versatile. Right? But in order to do that, we have got to instill the proper tools um, in our men. We can't just now, once they get to 25, 30 years old, then, then to start complaining about them. Oh, he doesn't know how to communicate. Oh, oh, he, he's damaged or he's this or he's that. Like, well, what was he taught? Was he taught these things? Because how does how do you expect a man to even know how to express love when he doesn't even recognize it and he was never taught to recognize it and he was never said that that was a good thing, right? Like, these are things that, it's just like, okay, cool. And then now we wonder why at 30 years old, well, well, how come he did this? Or how come he did that? Or how come he's acting funny? Or how come he doesn't know how to communicate? Or, or how come because he's not making the most money in the house, he feels, he feels, I guess, less than. And he doesn't yeah. know how to be in, in the relationship with a woman who might make more. And it's this, we have to get to a point where it's like, even if you're making, even if your woman is possibly making more, you can still bring something to the table because providing is not just financial. Right. Not just We've financial. gotten to this situation. We've gotten to a point in time in, in our, our lives to where it's only financial for men. A man's worth is mm-hmm. how many women he can sleep with and how much money he can make. And if you take those two things away, he doesn't know what to do, how to act, where to go. And what is he going to do in the relationship? He's going to take it out on you and be jealous of your success. And then he's going to say, well, you know what? I, I'm not good enough. Or mm-hmm. you know what? It's not you. It's me. I have to leave. But if we, but if we make our and give our men more tools, right? So like, let's just say like if you are making more money or and if your man is, is, is making money, but maybe not as much. You know what I'm saying? But he's expressing, he's communicating, he's giving you mental health support, emotional health support. It's like sometimes a woman doesn't need you to finance her. Sometimes she needs you to be present. And, right. a, lot, and, a, and a lot of right, and a lot of times it's just that's not it's just money. And if I can't provide money, I'm no longer present. I have no value. Mm. And sometimes your value isn't just financial. If you take the money away, if you take the you know, all your accolades away, your degrees or whatever. Who are you as the person? Who are you? Person. And a lot of times, right. And a lot of times it's money because men equate money with power. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like we're looking for, you know, power with them. We could buy this. We could buy that. We can do this. We can do that. And there's a place for that, 100%. I love money. Don't get me wrong. But the thing is, is that we've got to teach our men that, that they are worth more than just, okay, here's this. And then once, if I don't have that, or if I'm not making enough, because then it's like you're always chasing that that thing. And if you don't have value in anything else, see, I value communication. I value vul- a vulnerability. I value expression. So at the end of the day, I know how to operate in a household no matter how much money I am or am not making. So guess what? If I'm making more than my wife, then guess what's going to happen? She's still going to get the other the other things. She's still going to get right. the communication, the expression, the vulnerability, the mental and emotional support. Because because I, I was given the per- permission that to say, hey, you know what? These things matter, and you're going to need this in all facets of your life, and it's going to help you be a more rounded man. And I think that we have to get around to um, instilling that more in our young men like you do 
um, with your son, and it's evident in your son. Um, and just to see the kind of young man that he is, it is evident um, that you are teaching him those things. Um, so we need more young men like him. We need more young men like him because he's the one, you know, he's going to be, like I said, the next leader of the, of the new school. He's going to lead generations. And we need more, you know. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, that's my tangent. You know, that's going to have a long tangent. But, um, no, that was you know, good, Terrence. I, I, just, yeah. I just wanted to just, to, to, to just highlight, you know, just what a great job that you're doing as, as a mother. You know, Thank and don't you. ever take that for, and don't and don't ever take that for granted, um, because we need we need that that type of talk in in the household to encourage men to be more vulnerable, to express, to communicate, um, because all of those things are power, not just money, mm -hmm. but those things in That's itself true. are powerful too, um, mm -hmm. and it can help heal our homes, um, and, and help heal our community. So yeah. again, I, I just wanted to to say um, thank you. Uh, we're almost running out of time here. An hour, hour goes by fast. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I want everybody, you know, if you can, just follow, you know, Isha. Um, follow follow her Instagram. Um, it's on my page. Um, if you want to give the people, you know, um, just where how they can follow you um, on all your social media platforms and, and, and let them know what's next for you. Okay. All right, cool. Thanks, Terrence. Thank you for being such a great friend. Thank you for this opportunity just to chat with you. Mm -hmm. uh, you are such an encourager, and I really love how you are in touch with the man that you that God has designed you to be, and you are helping so many people um, with your spirit and your love. So I love you, bro, and thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so enough with that. <laughs> Um, so let's see where I can be found. Okay, so on um, Facebook, which I use mostly because I like Facebook. It's, like, more comfortable. Um, I'm mm -hmm. Isha Killian and Isha Speaks, Isha, E-S-H-E, um, mm -hmm. and Isha Killian. And then um, Isha Speaks is the business page. Um, sometimes, mm -hmm. like, I post I post mostly on Isha Killian because Isha Speaks, I'm telling you, I'm telling my friends, Facebook, like, they hate, like, they won't, like, if you post on your business, <laughs> they won't, like, let anyone see anything. So it's like wow. they want you to pay. So I use Isha, um, Isha Killian mostly. But on Instagram, mm -hmm. what we're on now, it's Isha Speaks, um, E-S-H-E Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S. Mm -hmm. And um, that's it. Um, if you uh, want to look on one of my um, Instagram posts, it has the the blog post from Vine Publishing. Um about mm -hmm. uh, Go Heal Thyself, Three Steps to Mental Health and Wellness. I have also right. written um, an open letter um, in a book that's called Unapologetically Winning. Um, that's mm -hmm. available on Amazon. And then, like, I have my master's thesis that was published. But I'm really working on um, my book um, yeah, with Vine Publishing. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> Good. Hey, listen, I, I'm looking forward to it. Writing a book is it, it, not easy. It takes a it takes a lot. It takes a lot out of you. Um, you know, but you know what? Listen, as long as you do it and you complete it, I mean at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Um and I'm yeah. sure you know, millions of people will be blessed by it, um, as will I. Um so again, thank I just want to say thank you. And if you want to book Isha Killian, Yes. Um, reach out to her for any kind of uh, speaking engagements or anything like that, or if you want to invite her down to your church after COVID, 
um, please, mm-hmm. you know, definitely um, um, she is worth it um, and she will bless you. Okay, yes, so. yeah, definitely. Like I'm open mm-hmm. to workshops, facilitation, um, small yes. groups, women's groups, and also preaching um, opportunities. Um, I take all of that, that, you know, what God has given me just to share it with, with, with everyone. For sure. Perfect. Listen, again, thank you. It was an honor and a pleasure. We, I salute you. I celebrate you, Black woman. Thank you for everything. Thank you for instilling what you, of what you've instilled in your children so they could be leaders of the new school. Um, and thank you for being a pillar of, of hope for this generation. Um, and thank you for being yeah. an inspiration to us all. Thank you for coming on and doing this with me. Thank you, Terrence. All right. Talk we'll talk soon. soon. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.